You're listening to ModPod, brought to you in association with the River Alehouse Greenwich, South East London Pub of the Year 2022. Hello, my name's Gavin Villanes and welcome to another instalment of Vodpod. Joining me are Will Dalton. How you doing, Will? I'm very well, Gav. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, and the force of nature that is Mr. Dave Lockwood is at the controls as always. How's tricks, Dave? Oh, they're good. I've never been called a force of nature before. Yeah, that just came to me. Really? I, I would say genius, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> It was meant to be a compliment. Thank you. So tonight's guest is a player who became a real fan's favourite and was a big part of the successful PAL side that narrowly missed out on the championship playoffs, which was our highest league finish for over a decade, believe it or not. Laurie Wilson, welcome to ModPod. How are you? Just had a new baby. I, I don't know whether to smile or cry. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, in, I'm in that stage of uh, two hours, every sort of two or three hours feeds of a night time. Uh, back to kind of square one after five years. Oh, so, man, I've uh, been there. You're, you're in the hurt locker period, aren't you? <laughs> it's quite brutal. You know I kind of, we, we, we planned on having two. So the first child, I was very much like, you wish those times away, don't you? Those yeah. early ages. You're kind of like, oh, I can't wait till they can walk, the crawl, the talk, all the rest of it. Whereas this time I've kind of been a bit like, well, do you know what? It probably might be the last time. <laughs> I'm, going it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to keep her on my chest and, and all the rest of it. So it's it's, uh, it's good. It's, it's harder for my wife because she's uh, breastfeeding. But, you know, I'm kind of a spare part at the moment. <laughs> no, I know how that feels. But um, Fraser in, in the current Charlton team, Fraser and Dobbo have just had newborns. How does it, how, as a player, I mean, how, how does it affect your energy levels and your focus and, you know, doing your job when you've got all that going on, which is no small thing? Uh, I would love to say, oh, it doesn't change at all, but it does. It, it, it's, it's, it's acceptable, right? You're going you're gonna to change. Like, you are going to become... I actually had one manager that used to say, Chick, players that have babies become softer, <laughs> and especially if you have a girl. Wow. And he used to say, because like obviously sitting holding a baby, being careful and all the rest of it, actually used to translate onto the pitch. <laughs> and you and you would become this sort of gentle, gentle person and not go into tackles and all the rest of it. Um, but actually, it is it is something that I think as a player, you, you have to adapt to and you have to change and you have to get used to it very quickly. And it might be that sleeping in the other room, it might be, you know, certain times that you might stay at a hotel on the Friday night instead of you know, being at home and things like that. And, and you do have to make changes. Um, so it is tough. But if you've got good support around you, family, friends and all the rest of it, 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 it can be bad as well. Well, I suppose ultimately it's a great thing, isn't it? It's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not be too negative. <laughs> but if no more crunching tackles from Dobbo, that would be an absolute disaster. Yeah, it? That was would it, was be it a, a daughter or was it a son? Let's hope it's a son. Oh, Can't have Dobbo going soft. We're really know. screwed. Yeah, that, we'll have to <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to look into that. So you're at Villa Ricky at the moment. How's that all going? Yeah, so at Villa Ricky, I've kind of well, I was I was playing still, uh, and then the start of this year, the manager was the under twenty threes manager, and he he took over and he basically just said, "Look, I want you around still as a player, but you're probably not going to play as much as last year." He said, "But I want you to basically be the assistant manager with me." So 
I kind of just thought, you know what, it's, as, as much as I do want to play and I want to play for as long as I can, actually, it's quite a nice transition period for yeah. me with work, with everything. So I actually thought that it, it'd be quite nice. He actually also asked me to be the manager of the 23s. So it kind of just put me on the ladder of managing people, coaching, all the rest of it, but also still being able to play. So that's, so that's being, sorry, Laurie, that's, um, that's uh, an ambition of yours to manage at some point. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a it's a burning ambition of mine. Uh, I do. I do enjoy. It. I enjoy teaching, and I enjoy sort of seeing people progress from a younger age, and seeing the transition, and seeing them sort of grow up into being professionals and being full time professionals. But it's not a burning desire of mine to be a manager. Honestly, right. um, I at the moment I enjoy being able to kind of between both I still get the the player side of things in the dressing room and training and, and keeping fit but then I also do get the other side where you know picking teams and, and watching training and, and, and planning training sessions so that is quite nice the the one thing that I don't like and I mean Brownie will probably be able to 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 emphasize with this is that you you've lived your whole career from like for me for the last sort of 17 years 18 years of, of three-year contracts two-year contracts, one-year contract. I think and actually being able to have a little bit of kind of like a time where you could actually just sit there and be like, do you know what? I don't need to worry about yeah. contracts. I don't need to worry about, you know, finding the next club and all the rest of it. So that's that's kind of why I don't really want to be too much of a manager. I, I enjoy being the assistant. I enjoy sort of the coaching bits. Um, but also my business is is doing really well and it's quite nice to decide to have a little bit of both excellent yeah it's been um it's been a long journey what are we 20 years now from when you were in the the academy here at charlton um yeah, what are your memories of that oh god make, making me feel old <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah i mean listen charlton people always are people always ask me they sort of say oh you know who do you support and I'm not, I've never really been a football kind of purist in, I've got a club, I, you know, I support that team, I followed the Premier League team for, for years and years and years, and I've never really been that person, I kind of just, I've enjoyed football, I, you know, I've been lucky enough to be, you know, slightly talented at it, uh, and make a career out of it, so I've, whenever people actually ask me, you know, the question about Charlton and that period at that time, I've always got really fond memories of Charlton, because I was actually here for such a long time at the start of my career. And I remember watching, you know, the likes of Brownie and stuff in, in, in those sort of Premier League years and watching those teams in the championship and, and growing up with it. So for me, Charlton always has a sort of a special time for me. So when I look back now and I actually think oh, my son and my daughter growing up, if they wanted to go and watch a game and watch a team and stuff, it would actually probably be Charlton. Great stuff. That's what you want to hear. Yeah, although yeah. I wouldn't have bought them at the weekend. <laughs> no. Yeah, don't don't bring them now. <laughs> You'll put them off for life. Save it, yeah. Save it for next season. Give it a while, yeah. Yeah. So, so go back to that manager who, uh, it wasn't a certain ex-car salesman, was it? Oh, no. Do you know what? It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. really? It wasn't. It was, uh, it was, it was a Steven Ejira. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so when you you left Charlton in twenty fifteen, twenty fifteen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you went to 
Peter Bolton. No. Bolton. Bolton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that must have been a bit of a a, a, a rip for you to come from South London and go all the way up there to to, to Lancashire. How was that? Uh, at the time, I didn't really, I didn't really think about it. To be honest, it was it was something that football was was my was my job was my career was my passion and it it kind of took me along that path and, and I kind of just went with it I didn't have any kids you know I was I was married so I kind of just had my wife and we had to only really navigate that situation of actually working for her whether that be in London whether that be you know up north whatever that might be and at the time it wasn't a thought the, the, the only thought process was look you know, have that sit down, have that chat with our partner and say, this has been put on the table for us. Would you like to come? You know, it, I, I'm more than happy to have a kind of a longer distance relationship, whatever that might be. Thankfully, you know, she said, I'd love to come. And actually she could travel back and forth to work and work from, from Manchester as well. So all things worked out fantastically. And, and actually we had our first son there. So, um, you know, we've got extremely fond memories of actually going up north and, and living that. Because we never, in London, we always lived outside of, of London. So we never really had that city kind of feel. So for us, it was as young, you know, young sort of adults, we were we were like, we were living the dream, really. We went into Manchester. We, 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 had the, we bought an apartment in Manchester. We was in there for a year. And we, uh, I could honestly say that we probably... If you opened our fridge, there was nothing in the fridge. <laughs> we we literally had breakfast, lunch, and dinner out every single day. It was like it was our kind of little time. We'd go for a walk into the town and pick a restaurant, and it was like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And 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 that was something that you know we enjoyed. That we never really had that feel of that buzz of being in a city. Um, so we enjoyed that, obviously my wife got pregnant and we was like, oh shit, we need to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need to get out of the city. We need to grow up. Uh, and then that obviously changed. And, and actually we've still, we've actually just sold the house up in Manchester probably about eight or nine months ago. So yeah, it's been, it, it was a, it was a journey that we took. And actually I think that if I look back now, if you asked me to do that now with two kids, you know, a house here and everything, it would be, a very different conversation. Yeah, I suppose when kids start, you know, when kids are in school, and that's quite an upheaval, isn't it, for that? But but you sound like you're having a great time. Yeah, yeah, we, we was having a great time. But it, things like you know, it did change. It changed very quickly because once we had had our son, you know, we found that although we had friends and everybody around us, we realised that family were travelling up and up and down every single weekend to kind of to see us because they wanted to obviously see their grandchild and all the rest of it. And actually by the end of it, it was kind of like that move back home was, was, was just as important. Because so were you looking for an exit strategy from Bolton then at that point? Uh, not like a, well, no, it was actually, it was actually more when I went to Port Vale because I, I signed for Port Vale for a year. Right. Um, and, and at Port Vale, aside for, uh, was it Michael Brown at the time? And literally within two months of being there, so pre-season and the first first month of the season, he actually got sacked. And right. then the new manager came in and basically said to me, look, there's five players. You're one of the five players. You're on too much money. We want to cut everything. You've got to go. 
So nice. I was kind of like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I've, I've basically got 22 months left of my contract. <laughs> yeah. um, so in the end, it took about five months of that period. And actually it was, again, it was another blessing. I, I took the positives from it because I was made to train on my own. I was made to come in at different times, you know, all of those things where I'd come in the morning with everybody, they would go and train. I would have to sit and watch. They would come in and shower. Then I was allowed to go out and train, like all of those sort of processes to try and get me gone. Um, in the end, it was a blessing because I spent more time with, with my family. <laughs> you know, I was able to weekends with a newborn. You know, I was able to help my wife out a lot more than I probably would have done traveling the country, yeah. uh, like football. So, I took those positives and that's actually how Ebsfleet came about, Dave. So, you know, that was that was something for, for me and my, and my family that was just a, a too good to be true offer to come, be able to come back to London, home, family, care, all the rest of it. Um, it was kind of like a let's go pick it up and, and get back to London. So dialing it back to, um, I guess, your second spell at Charlton, like you talk about being kind of separated from the squad a bit in those days at Port Vale, that was a big um, kind of shift in sort of vibe and culture from the Charlton days when that squad was so known for being such a kind of um, integrated unit full of mates and friendships and stuff. Were they kind of your best memories as a player? Was it like, um, like that on the inside as it appeared on the outside? Oh, 100%. 100%. It was, it was a time... It was a time in my career that I that I look back and and wish that so that, so I only I probably only have a couple of kind of regrets in in within football and one of them would probably be the FA Cup run that we had with Charlton and Chris Powell um, <coughs> losing to Sheffield United yeah. Yeah. and that's that's probably one of one of my regrets in life that I think I wish I'd have taken that moment and was allowed to have that moment again because I didn't realise at the age that I was how important and how significant that time in football could have been um, and how different it could have been. So I, I would definitely say that, that that group made that what it was. Um, and, you know, I've still got friendships now from that group that we speak to every day. You know, we've got group chats, we meet up, we go on holidays. Like We've still got that camaraderie and i think that that's that just speaks volumes really if you're still speaking to those groups yeah. um still doing stuff together it was for me as well i came i came in from the promotions from yeah. the championship from league one so that could be quite a hard situation to come into that was you going know, to be my next very, question actually like they're already a kind of a real solid unit weren't they having won the title on yeah, the power and everything and you're tight, the new they boy were a really tight-knit group you know and, and actually to be able to come in Yes, it helped. I probably knew one one or two players, but actually to come in and to to kind of them to take you with open arms and, and bring you in, I think that was that that showed in that season where we finished. Yeah, funny you mentioned to be able to come into that. Yeah, well, you mentioned sorry the um the, the kind of peak of that time and the cup run and that being so close to Wembley. I know from the fans' point of view, the kind of the feeling was that the, maybe the management, maybe Powell specifically, wasn't in a good place before that game with potentially interference from Duchatelet and the yeah. rest of it. Was that what was coming across to the players as well? It's, it, it, I think you could you could see from the outside. I think that there was a lot there was a lot going on at that time. Um, 
and I think if you look back now, I look back at the kind of the team talk, everything that kind of went before that week and stuff. It, it was it was kind of le- leading to Powell's exit, uh, and obviously that subsequently happened after the defeat anyway, didn't it? So yeah. actually, yes, we could sense it. Yes, we knew it was happening, but again. We're footballers, you know, you, you put your head down and you just kind of carry on. Um, I just think that there was there was a lot going on in probably more of the management's heads outside that they were trying not to let us see um, that probably affected the way that maybe that they approached the game, maybe the way that they weren't able to, you know, make sure that no stone was unturned, making sure that all of those, <clears throat> those processes in place because they probably had quite a lot going on behind the scenes. As players, you don't see that as much. You don't have to deal with it as much. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that if we was all in the same situation and the same atmosphere, what got us there, I think it probably would have been a different outcome. Hmm. So how um, how closely do you follow Charlton's progress these days, Laurie? So I still follow. I still follow. I mean, obviously, I've got people on on Twitter. Uh, uh, and Instagram and obviously I still always I'm always looking uh, and I always, I always do like to see what, what's going on because there's always there's always a story right <laughs> it's, <laughs> never, it's never boring there's, there's always something happening there's always some a little bit of digging that you could that you could do there's always a few people that you could phone <laughs> up and say what's actually going on tell me the truth um, so yes yeah, so I do I do follow and we were going to ask you about the uh, the chant the the infamous chant. We were talking about it off air, actually, and we were saying, "Yeah, it's quite funny and everything." But did it not get to you a little bit? Not at all. I, I honestly, honestly, did didn't really didn't care about it. <laughs> it, it kind of. Uh, it's funny because I actually spoke to uh, Scott Minto about it uh, when I, when I was in with uh, Scott and Alan, and he kind of said, "Do you know what?" He said, "I had so many like with Chelsea and, and, and other clubs." He said. They never sung a song about me, you know. For the, for, for the many years that I was there, I said I never got a song sung about me. And then I, I kind of look back on those situations. I think actually that's it's quite cool to have a song, regardless what it is. Listen, it, it it's taken with a pinch of salt. It, I'm kind of I'm that sort of person anyway. I don't take too much offence to certain things. So for me, it's kind of make that much. Like, the one, the one time I absolutely loved it was when I actually came back to Charlton as a Bolton player, and I think I went out to warm up. And you know what it's like before the game; you're kind of thinking, oh, "I've left this club." You know, everyone's sat in the dressing room thinking, "Are you gonna, are you gonna get booed? Are you gonna get jeered? Are you gonna get sort of like a bit of stick?" And, and I was sat there, and I was kind of thinking, "This could go either way." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it always it, can, honestly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, it could go either way. I said, honestly, I don't know. And I came out and the song got sung four or five times throughout the game. Like, <laughs> literally. And I was thinking, like, you've done you've done well. Like, you've done something right. Well, like, for the fact that I've had to go back, you know, I've left the club, come back again, all of that process. Whatever I did in that time, I've managed to change people's opinions and I've managed to kind of leave this is not a legacy leaves leaves something behind that actually means a lot to me and, and and it's something that i'll be able to go and take my children all those things back to it and be like you know like i played here you know they sung me yeah, this song I, about, I used to be shy <laughs> yeah no, no, i'm all right no, you know, I, I, loved it. 
I loved it. I did. I did have that conversation with my wife. Though I did say, "How do I? How, do I? Do I embrace this, or do I make an issue of it?" And you know what? It's like at that time as well. Twitter was kind of everybody on Twitter. It was you know you could you could make an issue out of something if you really wanted to, and and I'm not that type of person. So I was kind of like, "No, this needs to be. This needs to be enjoyed. This needs to be sort of make sure that you show that it doesn't actually." It's something good. Well, I think it's, it was. It's always it was playful, wasn't it? And and it was. Yeah, but, but we were saying before, however playful it was, you weren't ever shite. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a bit harsh. But do, you know, do you know, like you know, like that was that was always my thing as well. Was like any club that I ever went to, I or, I never wanted a, a a fan, a manager, a player, anybody, and that was throughout my whole career. I never wanted them to be able to ever say to me, I never tried, like I never gave a hundred percent. So that was my main thing was that any club that I ever went to, I gave everything. Yes. I'm going to have bad games. You know, yes. I'm going to give the ball away. Like all of those things are going to happen. I'm human, but actually I'll always be out there giving everything that I've got. So that was, that was my one thing at every club that I went to that I made sure. And to be honest, by the end, most fans understood me as a player yeah. and you know sometimes it takes longer than, than others but I think that was a nice time I think the song was kind of popular and it's being sung when there was a bit of a shift from maybe like um, Wilson putting in some like consistent 7 out of 10s for us at right back and right mid to kind of scoring goals yeah. I think it was two against yeah. Brighton when it was sung a lot and you maybe gave the kind of ears to the crowd and stuff it's almost like a two way sort of joke at that point point. Yeah, um, and like properly making your mark in a good team that must have been a great time sort of surrounded by good players and on top form yourself yeah, and I, and I think that what what you probably don't realise more so from my point of view is that you know you had you had Chris Solly at right back, who you know arguably is like the best right back that Charlton have ever had. You know the most consistent right back that they've ever had, sort of in, in years and years and years, and made like hundreds and hundreds of appearances for the club. You had at the time, you had Danny Green who mm-hmm. had just got promoted from League One with you guys that, you know, was playing week in, week out. So I came into that team kind of like a bit of cover. And actually, by the end of it, you know, I was playing every week. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, well, okay, Laurie either plays right back if Souls is is injured or can't make it. But if Souls is fit, Laurie always plays right wing. And and for me, that that was kind of like a, okay, like you've, you've managed to go in there and you've managed to actually get in front of these sort of people and make yourself a mainstay in the team. Make sure that I always say to people, like try to make sure that you're first on the team sheet Yeah. by being consistent. If you can be consistent, you'll always and be trusted. Managers only want to play players that they can trust. If they can trust you and you're consistent, you'll play every week. Yeah. And that's what happened, right? And it was a good squad. I mean, we had a good it's mix a of spot. kind of some, yeah, we'd think of people like, uh, like I say, Solly behind in terms of consistency. And then people again came from kind of low reaches like Bradley Pritchard, but then some proper kind of yeah. class technicians like Jan. Um, who were the kind of best players you played with during that period? I, I would I would probably say Jan. Jan was, Jan was like a, a, an animal. Um, <laughs> <What a> <laughs> honestly, he's just, even in... Uh, even in training, like you would only obviously mainly see games, but it was just 
in training sometimes he would just go and stand at centre half just because he could be bothered to like <laughs> go and stand up top and stuff and he was just as good at centre half as he was at like up top this is crazy um, and then also I look at like people like Dale Stevens, you know and actually at the time Dale was just the kind of run of the mill midfielder uh, but you would see certain things in training and in games and you know when you were when you were doing running sessions and things and you think this this guy's got everything. Like he's got everything that you that that you could be at the top. Listen, and it, and he's proved it. Another one would be like Johan, uh, Gavodson. Like he he's another one that actually at the time you kind of think, yeah, he's okay, he's okay. But he's gone on to you know be a consistent Premier League player. Yeah. Joe Gomez, it, it, he's able to come into a squad um, and just it's like water off a duck back. You know, just actually going in there and playing in a man's game, looking like a man. Um, so there's so many players in there that I think at that time that I look back and I think, oh, like you were playing with some really good players um, that actually made the team who they are. So, Laurie, who was the uh, the best player you ever played with? Best player I ever played with. What, in the same team? No, what? just just against a, against, I mean, yeah, against, against anyone. Anyone who's the best player? Anyone? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the the go to the go to is always Gareth Bale. Against when we played against Spurs in the FA Cup, oh, yeah. Stevenage played against him twice. Um, so that would always be like the go to, just because at the time. He's like where he was going, where he's kind of building up to. Do you have him in your um, pocket? Do you know? Do you know what? I was actually all right. <laughs> I was actually all right because I was I was quick. I was okay. I was quite yeah. quick back then, so I, I weren't too bad. Uh, but yeah, because we we got the draw. We drew over one all. Went back to White Hart Lane and lost three uh, one. But yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say Gareth Bale. But one one opponent that actually was a was a lot tougher for me personally. Uh, just because he made me think a little bit more. Whereas Gareth Bale was a lot more kind of, you knew you were in for a race with him, uh, would actually be uh, Nico Cranchard. Wow, yeah. I can believe that. Mm. Proper player. And and honestly, like, he was so clever and so strong. It was it was really hard to mark <laughs> him. Like, he was, he kind of, he used to like back his like ass kind of like into you. Yeah. And he was quite big. <laughs> And you could get round him. And if you try to nick one side, basically just roll you the other side. And, and he was like, and you just kept the ball away from you the whole time. Uh, and I always I always think back and I'm always like, cool, he's one of those underrated Premier League players. Yeah. That there's a lot, there's a lot of Premier League players that you think, oh, he's so average or he's crap or whatever it is, most people say. But when you play against them, you realize why they're a Premier League player. Yeah. Uh, and then you also think, why are you not like a superstar? Because you've got everything that you want, but you obviously then see their attitude. Can they be bothered? All the rest of it that comes with it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. So I know you take nutrition really, really seriously, don't you? They're going on a slightly different subject and a slightly <laughs> different topic now. Because you're, you're vegetarian or vegan. I can never remember. I'd say plant-based. Plant-based, Right. So you're plant based, yeah. So as a footballer, and you know, for your nutrition and everything like that, you you have to get certain stuff in. And 
And obviously, if you're not eating meat, you're not getting the the, the vitamins and, and, and stuff that comes from that. So I know you take it very, very seriously and, and you have to plan what you eat and when you eat it yeah. and things like that. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I've kind of, what, what's it been now? Probably been about nine years, maybe. Yeah, it's about nine years, I reckon, from when I, when I started to transition. And it was more, I'm not the, I'm not the sort of person that, you know, if you if you ate me, if you eat me, I'm not the sort of person that sits there and says, you should do this, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Like, that's never been me. I always look after myself. I always look after what I believe in, what I believe in to be true. If somebody asks me a question and wants to know a little bit more information about it, I'm more than happy to kind of sit there and have that conversation with you. But you make your own decisions, you know, and do whatever you need to do. So it was very hard to transition when you know nine years ago with when people didn't really know about plant-based uh products didn't really know how you get your protein apart from getting it from meat um all of those those sort of questions were constantly asked of me because people hadn't done their research and they just kind of went on on what they were used to what they had been brought up with um so i always say to people if you are thinking of doing it do your research like make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons you know my my reasoning wasn't to do with you know animal cruelty and, and, and things like that yes i don't i don't believe in animal cruelty and stuff but it wasn't oh you know i don't think that the cow should be you know killed i don't think this 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 and this it but whereas my wife is very much about animal cruelty so that was her reasoning for kind of going down that path whereas for me i knew the benefit of how I used to feel as a player. I knew that when I used to eat certain foods on a Thursday or a Friday or whenever it might be, how I felt the next day, how I felt in training. I was very in tune with mm. my body. Um, so I decided to start cutting certain things out, making sure that if I cut those things out, how was I getting them in, in different ways? Um, making sure that, you know, if I'm not eating protein, how do I get, if I'm not eating meat, sorry, how do I get that protein, that specific protein in something else, you know, and I would do my research and I, I know that actually the digestion of a piece of meat on a Friday night is not going to help me on a Saturday mm. because by the time that meat's actually been digested, which might be in 30 days that it's fully digested that piece of meat, suddenly you're like, well, actually, yeah, what I want to eat, I want to eat what's going to be good for me for, for Saturday or, you know, for that, for that next sort of, sort of bit. So that was always my, my thing that I'd always make sure I researched, always made sure I did those things. What's quite funny is that people always used to blame what I was eating on how I played <laughs> because they weren't, because they weren't used to being around people that, that, that had been down that path. So it was very much like, well, I play crap because I don't eat meat. Or I played crap because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't eating this certain, certain food. So what's funny now is that those, you know, sports scientists, those people that were around me at that time that didn't really take the, the care and the time to kind of nurture it, called me four or five years down the line and said, what were you doing, you know, when you were playing here with us? Like, what were you doing? What were you eating? What were you doing? Could you write me a meal plan and stuff for a player? Because... We're getting more and more players that 
don't want to eat meat or mm. want to become vegan and all of those things. So it, it's quite funny how the tables turned within that and actually certain people were asking me how I was doing it, what I was eating, making sure, because when you look back on what you fi- what you found with me was that I I was always first in the like I made sure that because I was doing something different to other people, I could never let them use that as an excuse. So I always had to be first in the running. I always had to be at the front. Like I always had to make sure that any numbers that were being hit, whether that's in games or whatever, I was always at the top or in the top three or top four because I knew that they would never then be able to say, oh, it's because of this. Oh, it's because of the food. Oh, it's because of that. So I always made sure that I made sure that I did the gym. I made sure I did all of those things so that I never had anybody that could come to me and say, ah, you haven't done this because you don't eat meat. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was why I kind of went into it a lot in a lot more detail because I, I did a lot I did a lot more research in in my body and how I felt. Um, yeah, so if you are going to do it, I always suggest making sure that you do a lot of research and you do it for the right reasons. And, and if you do it for the right reasons, it becomes you know second nature to you. Whereas if you do it for not the wrong reasons, but you just do it because everybody else is doing it, you'll very quickly sort of stop doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And how supportive were the club with this new dietary regime at the time? Were they, did they support what you were doing? Uh, so, so Cholton were actually okay because it was the start of, of, of how, I, how I was transitioning. And when I was at Cholton, I was still kind of eating a bit of fish here and there. Uh, as I got to Bolton, they were they were kind of like the chef was amazing because the chef understood what I was doing and what I was trying to do, and he used to help me out all the time. Whereas the management staff were very old school and tried to make you eat tripe. Like, <laughs> yeah, did not did not care one bit. Uh, and then at Port Vale, they were just like gobsmacked. They just they they didn't have a clue <laughs> what was going on, uh, and then yeah, and then at Edsfleet, Edsfleet there there was a Edsfleet they tried with me, they yeah they did they did kind of yeah they 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 used to use it as an excuse if I didn't play well yeah. at certain times, uh, but yeah. <laughs> But other than that, there was they was all right. Like it, I never, I always prepared my own stuff. I I was always like, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make my own food. I make I prep my own stuff because I knew that you know when I used to go on overnight stays, you know it wouldn't always be ready for me. It wouldn't always be the right food. So I'd always make sure I brought my own food. And if it was there for me, great, I'd, I'd eat it. Uh, whereas. Yeah, Charlton and Bolton actually helped with that. You know, they made sure that I used to say, oh, I like to have X on a Friday. Can you make sure that that's there for me as well, please? And, and they would do that overnight. But certain clubs, yeah, they didn't, they didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, chatting to um, Dave Archer when he was at Ebsleet about you and your, your, your regime. But he actually said something else about you. He said, you've read, he said, he's one player who's really got his head screwed on and knows what he wants to do in the future. And obviously... You've gone into the insurance business, haven't you? So that's grown quite considerably, hasn't it? 
Yeah, so so I mean, we yeah, it's 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 a financial services company, um, and we actually look after you know quite a bit actually. <laughs> it's quite a few sectors within within the financial group, and I mean, it started it started like what is it now? Six years ago, five six years ago, um, and it was actually my brother in law who is one of our business partners, and he kind of came to me and just said, look, you know, you probably need to start thinking about transitioning. You probably need to. You know have that in your head um i'd already had you know things like ua for b license pilates teacher my uh my degree my broadcasting uh sports writing degree and things like that so i had i had all those things in place um but i just i always just thought get as many strings to my bow as possible i'll decide when i kind of pack it in uh, but this came around and actually thankfully they they were setting up a new arm within the business, which was life and health insurance at the time. And they basically said, look, we want you to come, we want you to head it, we want you to be, you know, part of the business, a share share within the business, we want you to be a, a director and everything within the business. What do you think? And I was like, at the time, I was like, yep, yeah, great, kind of didn't really care too much. I was kind of like, look, I'll work on a Wednesday on my day off, rest of the week, I'm, I'm kind of playing football, any clients, I'll push, push over, that's kind of fine. Then, as the company started to grow, um, I found myself doing more and more and more. And that's actually when the transition of, actually it was at Edsley, that um, I got offered, I had another year on my contract, um, but obviously my money had been, was going to be reduced. Um, they kind of lowballed me <laughs> with the contract. Um, and I actually thought, do you know what? I, I actually could earn more money growing the business and you know thankfully I, I kind of i took that step i went part-time uh picked up you know extra bit of money just still enjoying football and, and, and being around that but actually i was i was able to grow this business and, and thankfully it's, it's still growing in in the right trajectory should we say that's good that's good do you do cat insurance by the way because gav needs a cat yeah, I'm in the market for I cat insurance. Needs a cat or needs cat insurance? No, I've got cat the cat. cat I just need yeah. the insurance. But, <laughs> but we won't do the deal on air. <laughs> I'll, I'll, speak, I'll speak to you later. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to get stitched up here, Laurie. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's stop talking about cat insurance. Yeah. Um, we're going to wrap up with, with the game, Dave. Oh, you don't right. know about this. I don't know about this. This is a format that I'm borrowing off of the... Uh, the 90s football podcast, Quickly Kevin, will he score? I don't know oh, whether you're no. fami yeah, familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the format is, we're going to pick a game that Laurie played in. Um, oh. It's actually when Charlton beat Leeds 2-1 uh, on the 6th of April 2013. And Laurie is going to play against Dave. And the, the, the way the game works is, Laurie will go first and he'll name a player in the starting lineup from that game on either side. And then Dave, it's your turn, and you keep going until one of you fails. Dave looks worried. I'm worried. Dave, yeah. you, no, Dave, you've got this. No, I haven't. Trust I, me. I don't, I, don't re I don't remember who I had last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, are, are we familiar? Are you, are I you, know the game. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. and you're you're okay with the rules, yeah? Yeah. So you got to name a player from that game, 2013, Charlton beat Leeds two-one. Yep. Here at the Valley. That's right. Um, okay. You go first, Dave. So I go first, right. In your own time, but but hurry up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Jan Kermigan. Correct. Ding. <laughs> Ed Hamer. Correct. Oh, 
Laurie Wilson. Solid, yeah. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay, Laurie. On the bench. He's on the bench. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll he's on the bench. Yeah. All right. Okay, he's on the bench. You give me that. All right. Dale Stevens. Bench. Counts. Bench. Yep. Oof. Bradley Pritchard. Correct. Oof. This is that this is it could be a 50-50. He could be injured, this lad. <laughs> Royce Wiggins. Yeah, he started. No, no. Michael Morrison. Correct. Yes. Oof. That was gonna be mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Solly. Correct. Jacko. Yes. Johnny Jackson did play. Yes. Oh. Scored. <laughs> Scored he did sco- Scored. Oh, that, yeah. 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 Um, I think on the bench. Oh, I want to say it, but I'm, it's a bit for fifty-fifty that one. Uh, Who scored the winner? Could be a big clue. Oh, there's two centre halves. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dorian. Dorian Devine. Yeah, he yes. started. Yeah, started the game. Yeah, Laurie's alive. Oh God, he's sweating. <laughs> oh God, he actually is physically sweating. I am. It's really, it's really <laughs> I can't unpleasant. Remember. That's the problem. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, I'm swearing. Yeah, and I'm swearing as well. So you know Head's I'm gone. sweaty. That's it. Head's I'm gone. It's gone. <laughs> gone. Yeah. Uh, 2013. Ooh, was he still playing? He dropped. Uh, Five, four, Bradley Wright Phillips. No. Are you saying Bradley Wright Phillips? Yeah. Oh, Dave. Oh no. It's all over. It's all over. Yeah. It's a victory for us. Sorry. Well, he was playing well. in the game. He was in the squad. So he should, should have won that. I didn't have another one. He's, he's taken the win. Oh. Who else was it there? Tell us the squad. Okay, the, the, the starting team is Ben Hamer, Chris Solly, Dorian DeVete, Michael Morrison, Royce Wiggins, Bradley Pritchard, Andy Hughes. You didn't say it, I don't think. <gasps> I thought Hughes had gone by then. Well, he had oh, days. no. Uh, Johnny Jackson Callum Harriet you didn't say Callie yeah uh, Jan Kermigan Ricardo Callum Fuller Harriet. ah Ricardo yeah. Fuller yeah that's it because we welcomed him on the pitch Cutler, yeah that's it who, who scored the winner that night, that day off the bench yeah. Jonathan Obika Obika glancing header yeah the rest of the bench were David Button Matt Taylor Dale Stevens. you said Salim Kirkar Mark Gower and Laurie Wilson which you said there you go. Oh, Gower. <laughs> <laughs> I was never getting that in a million years. That Gower. was evil. <laughs> you stitched me up. It's <laughs> a lot of fun, Dave. I think yeah, you'll agree. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> that could be a regular fixture. We could do that. Unless yeah. the, the quickly Good Kevin game. lawyers get, yeah. get in touch. Yeah. Hey, Laurie, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're busy and uh, you've probably got a nappy to go and change. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, oh, thanks so much. That absolute star. Thank you so much, Laurie Wilson. No worries, gents. Have a good evening. Thank Sorry you, mate. Thank you. Cheers. You're listening to Mod Pod, the podcast from the team behind Mod Mag, the surprisingly good Charlton Athletic fanzine.